Hi guys and welcome back to the Balancing Bipolar podcast, the podcast that dives deep into the complexities of bipolar disorder. I am your host Jordan and today I'm going to be speaking about something that I think is super important. I've done a bit of research into other people's experiences for this topic today as well as dwelling on it all by myself. It's often crossed my mind that what if I'm not bipolar? and I'm just a terrible person. So let's just get straight into it. What if I'm not bipolar and I'm just a bad person? So I feel this often, especially lately since the mania feels so long ago and the depression is often overwhelming to the point of complete dissociation. Whilst I don't remember all of my experience of mania, only through pictures the memories kind of come back, I am left with the state of my life now. So after ruining my own relationship, ruining friendships, job opportunities and plenty more, I have pondered over and over at the possibility that maybe I don't have bipolar and I am just a bad person. So I asked myself, does mania make you a bad person? Mania Ruin My Life is a common Google search, bringing up hundreds of stories and experiences shared by those with bipolar disorder. The popular forum Reddit boasts many of these stories, with users sharing how they quit their jobs, cheated on their partners, got into severe debt, ruined decade-long friendships and even ended up homeless. The consequences of untreated or mistreated bipolar disorder can be life ruining with those suffering left to pick up the pieces and rebuild their lives while holding an immense sense of shame and guilt following the episode. And these people are often left wondering, am I a bad person? There is a notion and belief that mania is fun and you feel happy. But in my experience, I find this to be untrue. There could be little to no self-awareness during a manic episode with increased self-confidence. The lack of feelings of shame, embarrassment and the overwhelming sense that perhaps you are the next coming of Jesus Christ makes for a less happy experience and more of a numb one. While the actions you're engaging may feel fun and exciting at the time, looking back on it, it is often just very empty and devoid of any real emotions. For me, the happy feeling is much more akin to a narcissistic version of myself under the influence of cocaine 24-7. And whilst mania can feel quite euphoric, I don't necessarily think that euphoria and happiness are always synonymous. It is a unique feeling that I can't replicate when I'm well unless I am maybe like under the influence of certain drugs. And even then, you know, that feeling is different. Whilst happiness is a fleeting emotion that we all experience throughout our lives. And I think that because of this notion, mania is an incredibly misunderstood state of being. It's an adjective thrown around so often, especially in this era of mental health terms becoming popular buzzwords, that it seems to have lost its meaning to most people outside of those of us who suffer from it. Many people thought I was a terrible person when I was manic. And I really didn't care at the time due to the lack of shame and the God complex that accompanies it. I've had time to reflect now and I do cringe at these experiences. But because of the way I felt at the time, I find it hard now to even attach any emotion to it. It kind of feels like a dream looking back at any of my manic episodes. That's the only way I can explain them is as dreamlike. You know, like when you wake up in the morning and you can only remember the bits of your dream that you literally just had? That is how it feels for me now. And due to this, I do wonder 
if I'm a bad person because I can't attach the correct emotions to the things that I did that hurt other people. I know I should feel bad and have experienced times of guilt, but for the most part, it's something that feels so far removed from who I am as a person that I cannot identify with it. Mania often goes against our morals, and whilst it isn't an excuse for behaving in ways that hurt other people, it is also something that is out of our control. We can't help the way we're feeling or the way we're behaving at the time, and the lack of forward thinking leads us to also not care about or even consider the consequences of our actions. This can present and be in that moment a complete lack of empathy. And morals and empathy are both things that we discover in ourselves from a very young age and go hand in hand with being a quote-unquote good person. In my experience so far dealing with this very life-impacting episode, this is really the only way I can actually sum up how I feel about it now. I know for so many people the guilt and shame after an episode is crushing and extremely hard to get past. How could I do that? is a question we could all ask ourselves a thousand times. I think it is really important to remember that these things that happened and these unconscious choices you made do not make you a bad person. I think this whole segment is really dedicated to reminding you all that the things we do when we're unwell are because we're unwell. Although when we are unwell, we can do horrible and immoral things, that doesn't mean that at our core and in our normal state of well-being, we are immoral, horrible people. I have felt a million emotions pondering this and I've cried a lot thinking that I'm a horrible, selfish and careless person. I decided to write out this whole segment so I could completely collect my thoughts and articulate this well. I often find that when I'm trying to express this, I can't find the words. Um, like I can't find the words in the moment. So apologies if it sounds like I've been reading this. I am. <laughs> I think for myself, I just need that closure. It all feels like a lifetime ago and I was manic for well over a year, so it was a long time. And I will unfortunately never be the person I was before this, but I am going to continue to work hard to live well and be happy whilst facing the consequences of my actions. My life will never be the same again, and that's sad, but life has to move forward and I can't continue to dwell on what has already played out. Because whilst everyone affected has moved on, I've been stuck in the thick of it for a while. You know, all these things that happened were a good couple of years ago now, and because I was manic for over a year, it meant that this has only just like kind of caught up with me recently. So, yeah. I have been like thinking and thinking and thinking about it and you know the things that I've researched and the things that I've looked up online and the experiences from other people that I've read online has just reminded me that we are not bad people. So just as a last note in this segment that even if your experience of mania is completely different to mine you are not a bad person for being unwell. So with all that being said let's move on to the next segment. So moving on from that last segment, I want to talk about what actually happened and some of the things that made this the worst episode of my life. So as I touched on and talked about in my last podcast when I was talking about my whole leading up to getting diagnosed story, um, I did mention that one of the delusions that I deal with 
when I manage is thinking that I'm in a TV show. And the only way that I can make it make sense is to assume that all the choices that I made were not real to me at that time and just kind of part of the storyline. If you think of that Black Mirror episode, um, Joan is awful, that was, that was my life for over a year because I genuinely believed that people were watching and enjoying this. One of the main themes alongside my being in a TV show situation is my compulsion and seeking out sex and relations outside of the relationship that I was in. And I have no idea why, because this is not something that I would ever do. Um, I really loved my partner and I would never want to hurt him, but I did. Um, so all these like unconscious actions, like I was taking a lot of pictures of myself, like a lot, because I thought I was like the most attractive, amazing person to exist in the whole world. I was taking a lot of pictures of myself every day and I'm not gonna lie, I did look pretty good, but I was taking a lot of inappropriate pictures and I was quite happy to distribute these pictures to anybody and everybody, so. And this this was how it kind of started, you know, it started off as just like sending pictures of myself to very, very quickly becoming, fulfilling these sexual compulsions and sexual acts that I would not normally partake in. Um, I've heard of people in manic episodes having um, like gay relations when they are straight, when they're not manic, like there's so many like weird things that that we do when we're in this state and yeah for me this is definitely one of them and it was definitely one of the most life ruining you know a 12-year relationship gone um that has really took me a lot of getting my head round because when I was manic I also started like a full-on relationship with someone else and it was someone that I'm not gonna lie I, I didn't even know them and I didn't really care to to be honest so yeah I was glad to see the back of him Next is my financial choices. Good God. So before this manic episode, I was extremely financially responsible and I was in charge of paying all the household bills and getting everything sorted, making sure that everything was paid. And yeah, I decided it would be a good idea to take out a loan. And it definitely was not a good idea. While I could afford the repayments at the time when I took out the loan that did not last long um, because I lost a job. So <laughs> yeah, and this is how it all kind of like connects and just gets worse and worse and worse because I couldn't then afford the loan repayments anymore and I'd spent this loan within like a couple of weeks like it was gone and I've got nothing to show for it so yeah there, there was no money left I only had the money from my job and I was working two jobs at the time it looked like but yeah so I ended up pretty much getting bullied out of my job because people were seeing this insane behavior I was acting I can't even imagine what these people thought about my behavior at that time because none of it really made sense. And when it came to the sexual side of things, I was prepositioning people that I worked with. Like it was all very, it's very awkward to look back on now, but yeah, 
it was all very weird and everyone probably thought I was very weird. And I know there was a lot of gossip about me at the time, but I just didn't care about it because I was on TV like that. Who cares? Like, it's not real. So obviously, because of that, it meant that I really, really couldn't afford, afford the repayments anymore. So I decided, you know, instead of doing something responsible, I mean, I rang the bank and I had good conversations with the bank like every three months, I think, for about a year until I had to default on my loan because I didn't realise that I only had two years to pay it and there was no way that I was going to pay the rest of it before now because I think this month it was actually the end of that loan. So, yeah, so I broke the contract there as well. But, yeah, so I took credit cards out because I couldn't afford loan repayments. So then I was maxing out these credit cards and I still had no money. My spending was so out of control that I was applying for all sorts of loans, all sorts of credit cards. But now, because I'd maxed out these credit cards and I defaulted on that loan, I had no credit at all. I still have no credit at all. And I am now in, like, roughly just over £5,000 of debt. And the loan wasn't even close to that amount. So that just it it just spirals like all of my behavior just spiraled and spiraled and spiraled until it got like to the worst point um so yeah i kind of made a lot of these really strange and illogical decisions and basically ruined my life i still have no credit i have no relationship i mean i'm in a different job now and it's better but and the way that I'm sort of going about dealing with it is, as I said, separating myself and being able to look into myself a lot more and that I've been very introspective about it because when I think about the person that I was in 2020 and early 2021 before this episode really started... I was just a normal person living a normal life, doing normal things, having a normal job, normal friends, good relationship, you know, good credit score, all these things that are the complete opposite of, you know, everything that's happened over the past couple of years. It's not true to me. It's definitely has no relation to me in normal state and a normal reality all these things if I can separate them from my actual self that makes me feel better that allows me to be able to move on I've sort of put it in a box I'm putting it on the shelf it's still there it still happened but knowing me and my personality, my goals, the things that I want for myself, knowing that these are all so far removed is definitely a big help in getting better and moving on. It's also worth knowing that any sort of abnormal thoughts that you had, delusions that you had, weird sexual cravings that you had, were also not grounded in this reality and I can't explain why you felt that way or why I felt like I was in a TV show, but that was just our reality at the time and it wasn't grounded in actual reality. And yeah, just keep doing your best to move on if you have had a particularly bad manic episode. 
keep getting treatment, keep taking your medication, keep talking in therapy, any of the things that you can do to make yourself feel better, make sure to rediscover your old hobbies, do things that you enjoy, focus on your future and your goals and the things that you want for yourself. What you had may be gone, but that doesn't mean that you will continue to have nothing. You can have so many things and do so many things and these kind of experiences don't need to completely limit your future. So I'm going to end this sort of segment of the podcast here. I have been pretty open here and it has been pretty hard to articulate. So if this is quite waffly, I am sorry. I didn't want to like type a whole script out for this section as well just because I couldn't really put it into words. I kind of thought I'd wing it. So I am sorry if this has gone on and on a bit. But I hope, if anything, you can take something with you away from this podcast today. And with that, let's get on to the last segment of today's show. So this podcast is so blessed to have some wonderful followers already and I want to shout out one of them now and say a big big thank you to Erin for the overwhelming love and support you've shown the podcast and me. Um, <laughs> I can't thank you enough and each and every one of you make this a really fun and exciting journey and it drives my passion to continue to speak about bipolar disorder and my bipolar experiences even more. So Erin has kindly given me permission to share some of her amazing poetry with some context for each one as well, which I'm going to read for you now. Bipolar has me like a spinning door, a constant flip of spirit for one to implore. Is it a demonic thing or a smiling light standing at the chosen door? Will your mood knock my happy to pieces on the floor or will one single question move my heart to explore for more? An amazing piece of work that definitely encompasses the feelings people with bipolar often feel about dating. So our next piece of writing changes the mood a bit, describing how thoughts of psychosis can be really out there when trying to work on yourself. Erin says, I'm kind of questioning my ability to care for myself in a lot of ways. Lucium is actually helping me get better and I've switched from bipolar 2 to bipolar 1 and I am new to mania. Is it me that does the hiding or my memories that won't go? One thought falls beside and has me, I'm drowning in his flow. Or is the lithium horizon the rabbit hole I need to calm a growing anger with a stranglehold upon me? Absolutely amazing. I really, really like the falls Poseidon and the drowning in his flow. Super, super cool. I really, really love it. She's so talented. And lastly, a poem about God writing her actions into a story in her imagination. And she says, even when I'm doing all sorts of manic things, I'm wondering if I'm always going to do this or if I will get any better, which I must say is very on topic with today's podcast. He feeds me grapes of grandiose ego dispatch remediation. Green greed rises up in every way possible. 
I lose all my money, gross, renewal and hope as I'm aching to return back home. And that last song was honestly my personal favourite, although they are all beautiful pieces of writing, this last song was definitely the most relatable to me. So a huge big thank you to Erin for sharing her beautiful work with us. Go and give her a follow on Twitter at efaro1973. And if any of you guys would like to submit anything at all, questions, experiences, creative works, the email address is balancingbp at gmail.com or drop me a DM over on Twitter at balancingbp. I would love to hear from you guys. So that is it for today's podcast. It has been quite heavy and it has took me all week to be able to articulate my thoughts and share how I feel about it with you guys. So like I said, I hope you can take something away from this podcast and I hope it's at least been like interesting to listen to. And I would love, as always, to hear your stories, experiences, questions, poems, anything you want to contribute to the podcast. The email is balancingbp at gmail.com or drop me a message on Twitter at balancingbp. That is all for today's podcast. I will catch you guys next time. Bye bye. <music>